Good afternoon, Jamie. Hey, birthday Keith. What's going on? Not much. Just trying to, uh, you know, live without regrets and not doing so great. Not doing so great. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody regrets uh, making deadlines for the public. Yeah. I don't regret making the deadline. I regret that I don't have control over my like situation a lot of times when in terms of when I can work. But we're all in control, Keith. I'm nope. just joking. Um, nope. Yeah. So how did how to go? How how how's your last two weeks? So some lessons were learned. Lessons mm-hmm. were learned. One, we're just going to hit on this one because I think it's a point we've talked about in the past, um, not with Elixir but with other stuff, and that is using really big libraries to do things sucks a lot of times. Like it's just a bad idea. And in most situations, like the more of your code you can own and not have dependencies on other things that control more than just like a function here or there is the way. And I, I was just going to say, do explain like what, what, uh, you're kind of hinting around a a particular library or. So I, in, in Ruby land, I've never been a big fan of devise because it controlled too much. And so I always use sorcery. Well, for whatever reason, in Elixirland, actually, we talked about this before. In Elixirland, I was looking for something kind of sorcery-esque, and I wasn't quite fine in what I wanted, but I didn't exactly want to roll my own thing for auth uh, and whatnot, so I landed on POW, which is basically device. And POW! POW! But what we run into is that I'm like, all right, well, what's the flow going to be for me getting a user through the pricing page to pick a plan to going and purchasing it? Well, I I want them to register and have a user account first before I ever send them off to Stripe. And then I can tie those things back together once they come back. And since you can register for a free account, that should be totally good. But I need to like kick them off to the right destination based on some other things. And I realized that it's like a complete and absolute nightmare for me to just slightly change how registration would work so that I could have like a good return to URL or uh, I could redirect them in a different situation. So I'm like, I don't have enough control is more or less what I ran into to, to give the experience that I wanted to have with POW with, with POW. using POW. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, here we go. I guess I'm just going to rip this out. And when I used it, uh, Phoenix Gen Auth, the thing by Jose Valim, although it's owned by some different guy. I've never heard of Aaron something rather like is the the repo owner and he's like the only person on it. But hmm. uh, so it made me question, like, is this the right thing? I thought this was a Jose project. But uh, anyway, he's I, he's the maintainer. Um, this thing is pretty sweet, but it wasn't quite ready yet when I started working on this application. So I went with something. Right, else. right. But I went through the process and used it. It's awesome. Like it just generates all the codes, like code for you. It generates all the tests for you. It comes pre-baked with like um, user confirmation and password reset and long-standing cookies and stuff like, you know, like you can stay logged in for 30 days or whatever. Like it just comes with all that stuff out of the box. And if you ever want to be like, oh, how does this work? You just literally go look at the code because it's right there. It's, it's not even a library. It's a generator that you only load in development and then you own all the code and you can make all the modifications you want. Yeah, I like those. I like those uh, types of libraries. So, I mean, obviously, Pow did all this stuff as well. But what didn't? What did the Phoenix Gen Auth do or didn't do that that Pow did? Um, Pow had some other plugins, but honestly, I wasn't using them. This is like all I I went like and got feature parity very quickly. 
Gotcha. Essentially, like the hard part was actually just going and rewriting all of the pages, right? Because I mean, the Phoenix Gen Auth is going to go and generate all of the templates and views and stuff that it needs. Well, I had already kind of customized those in Powland, and I need to change URLs that I'm redirecting to and doing all that jazz. But that didn't even take that incredibly long. But it did. I mean, this whole thing did eat up. You know, by the time it was all said and done, after getting email sending working and and whatever. Uh, I probably spent five or six hours on it just to like completely swap that out, which is a pretty significant amount of time given the amount of time that I'm able to work on this with a, you know, third trimester pregnant wife who's like super fatigued and uh, <laughs> needs me to do uh, as much as I can around the house sort of situation. So you don't control your, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> The situation there and on top of that weather changing things so that uh like kendra worked from home for days that she normally would not have worked from home so i like lost mm. all of my morning programming time that i would normally have and yeah so that was that was a big bummer but i did get that done and then i was finally able to kind of dig back in on doing stripe stuff hindsight though like would you would you have rather just kind of plowed through pow pow or you know and save the time or you have, I don't think so. I think this was a worthwhile time to do it because I was going to need to change my database model for users, at least a little bit. And it's way easier to just be like, you know what? Just drop users. We'll build up a new one. (laughs) And uh, when you don't have any users that you would actually be screwing with. So yeah, not a, not something that I would have felt comfortable doing as much down the line as I am right now, like it would have been a lot harder for me to just go through and modify an existing schema and database table and stuff that already has data in it. than it was for me to just be like, you know what, we're going to start with a baseline of whatever Phoenix gen auth thinks a user should be. And then we'll move the stuff back in that I need. And that didn't take that incredibly long once I was able to pretty confidently just be like, okay, we just move some stuff around and it's not going to break anything for anybody. Cool. But yeah, so we got that done, got working on Stripe stuff, Uh, realized that I've never implemented the subscription pricing stuff for any application ever. Milestone, milestone. Yeah, milestone, right? Like you'd think I've worked on enough of them, but like I always came in when the project already had it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or so I never had to build it. And so, okay, I was like, oh, that's, that's fine. I guess I don't ever, I don't really have that much experience interacting with Stripe. turns out there's a lot that goes on when you're doing subscription stuff. so I managed to last night get that to where you can go to the pricing page and you can select your like, you know, monthly or annual and click the thing. It'll take you to registration. Then it'll kick you to a different thing, which will redirect you to Stripe checkout for the plan that you want. And then that'll come back and modify your user, set your billing ID, all that stuff. And so I finally got that done. There's no ability for anybody to cancel their plans through the UI or modify their plans through the UI. Yeah, but they can't. <laughs> suckers. Go ahead. Yeah. All your money has belonged to me. Um, but yeah, they can go and actually sign up. So <laughs> Keith <there's... Cooper. laughs> So yeah, we're, we're in a, a good spot there. Really the other things that I need to work on are there's a little bit of styling that I need to do to just card display stuff. And, uh, there's probably a little bit of authorizations code that I need to write for, to just to like, be like, Oh, these are feature sets, whatever. Honestly, people would probably not even notice. If I didn't implement Wait. that for real. All right. Let's, are we, are we launching today? What, what are we doing? I'm not doing it right now. Oh my gosh. That's why we plan this. 
No, that was an Congrats. option of why we, we planned this. I didn't say I was 100% going to launch it uh, right here, but I want to launch it by my tape. birthday. We're going to have to look at the tapes. <laughs> Bring back the tapes. Uh, uh, future yeah. Jamie, go ahead and drop in um, uh, where Keith says this <laughs> from last episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, so yeah, I'll probably deploy it while we record next time. No, but I obviously I want to to launch now. Um but there are just a few more things I need to to clean up. Otherwise, I feel like I'll be a little embarrassed on just the bare bones level. And it's just like some styling stuff. It shouldn't take me that long to do. So I'll probably do it after work tonight or something and try to just launch it tomorrow so that it'll be out in the wild for my birthday. I want to see I want to see a, a tweet tomorrow of a video of you launching this. That's what I want to see, Keith. Is that gonna probably not going to record a video of me clicking. I don't even, you know, what's funny. The me launching this is literally going to be like, I change a feature flag inside of DigitalOcean. I want to see that <laughs> with some, some wine or whatever you drink in your hand. Yeah. And uh, celebrate your birthday. Uh, it's probably not going to be a video. I'll, I will. I will just be like, I did it, guys. I actually launched a thing. It's not as good as I want it to be, but it's there. So here you go. Man, I thought you did videos for a living. That's fine. That's fine. I do videos for a living, but that doesn't mean I always want to make videos. <laughs> cool, man. So, um, well, I'm a little bummed. I thought. Yeah, this was I know. Video. I missed it by just a little bit, but that's, I lost a lot of time. Like the amount of, in the last two weeks, the number of mornings that I had that I normally get to invest in programming was literally zero. So I lost a, like, and that like cumulatively is an entire business day worth of stuff. I knew I knew you'd regret this. I knew you'd regret saying this. I'm not regretting now. I'm, I'm good. I'm just saying that it was, uh, it was a little stressful. Like I stayed up later last night trying to be like, all right, I got to get this stuff done so I can be close enough to launching. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. I, so. I do that. I have that effect on people. Mm -hmm. Just stressing them out. Yeah. No, I mean, the real effect is I go, I'm not going to push this thing back again. Like that's literally my call tag. I think at this point is just like mm -hmm. Keith doesn't ship, you know, like that's the Keith doesn't ship. Thompson is, is pretty much my name. So, uh, I was like, I'm not going to do that again. We're going to, we're going to get this out. Even if it's not exactly what I want it to be. Yeah. That's, um, it's actually funny. You brought that up. Cause I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, dude, when is the last time I like launched anything? It's been like several years. Like, I mean, I worked on chronic for three years and never even got close to launching that. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm itching to, uh, to launch something as well. The last actual thing I launched would have been coder journey in 2016, I think. Yeah. I mean, my real thing was tattoo, which was 2015. So yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute, man. It's a good thing. We had this podcast though, to keep telling people that we haven't launched anything. Yeah, no, they're, they're up to date on our lack of launching. <laughs> <laughs> they know all of our aspirations though they're here with us every time we fail <laughs> thank you all right so what have you been up to my next two weeks are going to be uh you know launching obviously and trying to button up any bugs that i might come into with that and then marketing basically what what is your uh what is your plan after you uh after you record your video of you uh, launching it changing your feature flag uh, like what, what, like, what are your marketing? Are you going to concentrate just on marketing? Are you 
I think before I like really push the marketing stuff, I want, so there are a couple things I need to do. One, I need to actually, this is as a person who works on the internet, I should probably know what the way is and what are the best practices to make stuff discoverable to Google. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, so that's one thing I want to be, be able to actually have people search and find my stuff. Although apparently people have been finding it because there's a mailing list of people. So I'm not going to market it too hard though. I'll probably just like make a post or something in Reddit and Facebook and kind of have that be that. And then I want to, there are some really low hanging fruit, like easy things that I can just do make as improvements that I think will make it feel so much better when you're looking at the application that I would like to have those done before I put in like a big marketing push kind of thing. So yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. The next two weeks is kind of soft launch basically. Um, allowing people to actually access the features and then patch up the things that I think are easy wins and then go and do some marketing stuff. It's kind of funny. The, the like business bank account I use actually comes with like a bunch of perks for it. Like where it's like, Oh, you here, you get some free credits to do whatever. And one of them's like 150 bucks of, uh, like Google advertising, like AdWords stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, well, there's 150 bucks I can use to market this thing. Yeah. yeah, Good luck. uh, Good luck getting rid of those emails after you uh, start doing AdWords. What? Dude, Google sends you like 600 emails per day after you start doing AdWords with them. Even Mm. if you unsubscribe. Anyway. (laughs) um, Gotcha. That sounds good. That sounds good. I like the, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about marketing because like there's always, there's going to be users that come in and say, oh, I wish I had this. I wish I had uh-huh. that. And then once you can address those, like, and then you can like do your, you know, product on launch or yeah, or whatever the, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm not going to be ready to do product on stuff until I have pricing pulled in from TCG player so that you can see prices on cards that are in your collection and stuff. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 That's like the key mark. That's going to be the hardest feature that I have to build before I'll be confident in being like, this thing is a genuinely like super useful tool. And then, so I'll build that. I want to have some collection tools t- so you can see like number of cards in your collection, like sort by rarity and like those, those kind of things, like sort of when you're just looking at only the cards that you own and kind of checking that stuff out, those will be really easy to build. Cause that's basically like building a dashboard on your collection page. Uh, that just does some like aggregate functions inside of SQL. So it's not a big deal. So yeah, I want to do those. Honestly, I want to take some time and write some tests because there's a shockingly small amount of tests in this application. And mm. so I, I could probably use some more of those, which, yeah, I realized that I just like go off and code things a lot more now because that's what I do at work, right? Like I don't, every time I teach TDD, I always blow students out of the water and they get lost. So yeah. Well, that's like a whole thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I've never taught a TDD course, so I don't use TDD in my lessons, which means I just go and I write, like I just write the code most of the time. You, you have taught a TDD class, but I haven't like not for, uh, Linux Academy and a cloud guru. Like I haven't, I haven't taught like a full blown TDD class, um, for them or in like, and I do mostly Python stuff for, for work, but yeah. So I find myself like not writing that many tests. 
um, when I'm doing my normal writing of code throughout the day, although I write mostly prose nowadays anyway, but yeah, right. so that's just like a, this bad habit that I've gotten into that I'm just like over here kicking myself because I'm like, oh, if I like this would have been so much faster, like doing the Stripe stuff, if I had just written good tests around it instead of being like, I have no idea how I'm going to test this right now. I'm just going to manually test a bunch of these things. And yeah, this is way slower. And I'm like, that's freaking billing logic, Keith. You probably have some good tests around that. <laughs> so uh yeah that's that's on my list of things to do too is to just go through and find areas that i think are important and write some good tests cool 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 yeah so what have you been uh, up to uh yeah speaking of uh not getting anything done um i did get a, i did get a little bit of do- uh, stuff done i did uh, finish the user install stuff nice that was basically getting data f- you know, once you sign up, you all off with Slack and then you, um, then it puts kind of the state into the bot. And then the other final piece I need to work on is getting that data, that stuff into the database. And there's a lot of like, not complex logic, just a lot of like, kind of, it needs to like know if this is a brand new team or this is a brand new user, or this is a brand new user and a brand new team. So those kind of different situations, because it's there's there, there's going to be a divergence in um, like onboarding stuff. So I just needed to get that right, and I think I got it pretty good. Um, I did notice though uh, this morning after I'm like, oh sweet, I'm done with this feature that the Uber Auth Slack package mm-hmm. that I'm using to Auth uh, does not work with the V2 that Slack uh, of Auth that Slack introduced like last year. Oh, um, yeah, they kind of split out. They now have scopes for both bots and for users. Mm-hmm. And so those like the URL and the stuff that you get back is is kind of working with like two different scopes, which oh, uh, okay. I, started, I started reading about Uber offs. There was an issue around this and uh, they're basically like, well, this isn't really set up well for Uber auth um, in general. So somebody I did notice that somebody forked it. So it works with the new. The new stuff because when I was building it with the Juve side, I was like, I don't think like where's like the user scope and the bot scope because I literally just just kind of integrated this with uh, with uh, my client like I don't know five months ago or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pretty familiar with their uh, scopes, and then then that's when I realized like I don't think this is the new stuff. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I didn't notice that till this morning. So I do have a little bit of work to go back through and bring in their fork. And eventually I want to move this Uber all stuff into Juve. Um, but I'm not going to do that right, right now. Uh, cause my, my main goal is to get tattoo out. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's pretty much all I was able to do around tattoo. And then, uh, cause I'm still working on a client project a little bit, which I'm doing some, some hot wire rail stuff. Ooh, how's that? That's confusing as hell. Uh, documentation is pretty bad. I haven't looked into it, but the fact that it's like consists of like five packages. Yeah. Yeah. And like the turbo link stuff really hasn't changed. So, um, not, not turbo links, but the stim, see, see packages, but the stimulus stuff hasn't really changed. So I kind of got up to speed on stimulus, which is pretty sweet. Like, yeah, I think stimulus is is a pretty cool, uh, alternative to, to other things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess now I would probably use Alpine. For, for that kind of stuff. But I think for more structured code, I think Stimulus will be better. Yeah, I started, actually, I, I created this project using Alpine just because I was doing like small little little tiny things. Uh-huh. 
Um, and then I was like, Oh, I, I, you know, there's like some modals that need to pop up and, and uh, other stuff. I was like, I should probably use Hotwire for this. And so I ripped out all the Alpine stuff and just went with stimulus. Cause I was like, I'm just going to do the whole base camp thing mm-hmm. all the way down for this. So, yeah. So I've been working on that a little more because I'm, I'm a little bit behind on that project from where I wanted to be. Um, really that project's going to only take like two weeks mm-hmm. and it's like a $20,000 project. So that's why I picked it up. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, that's a win. Yeah. So it'll allow me to like, you know, take a few weeks or month off of my client work to, to work on tattoo. So, mm-hmm. um, my goal is we, we booked a vacation. I don't know if this is going to happen, um, but we're kind of in there. Let's wait and see with the COVID stuff. So we, mm-hmm. we, we booked a vacation uh, for April 1st. So my goal is to hopefully have um, Tatsu at least moved over to using using this new um, Elixir application. Okay. Because um, my goal is to kind of be feature parity with Tatsu as it is now and then uh-huh. just move people over. And they may or may not even know. Nice. Um, and then and then kind of build up from there. So that's my goal for April. Uh, here we go. I, I know I'm going to have regrets. <laughs> regrets. I'm already regretting it. But um, uh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my goal. It's going to get a good test of like Juve. One of the things I've been going back and forth with Juve. I wanted to ask you about this. Is when I when I put in the user state and the team state into Juve. What I was doing is like adding a bunch of attributes to this user and team. So like a team has like a domain, it has an ID, mm-hmm. which I need. I need to have their ID and I need to have its access token in kind of the state. All the other variables I feel are not significant enough. So there's like, I started going down this path of like, what's the team name and putting that in there? What's the team's time zone and putting it that, that in there? Same thing with like user. Like really, a user only needs to have the user ID and the access token. And I was like, well, I'll put the first name in there. I'll put the email address in there, things like that. And I'm wondering, hey, if I have like, if if somebody has like tens of thousands of teams, is those are those extra attributes in the state going to add up significantly? And then what's to say like, oh, well, this team over here needs a, um, the profile picture or something you know, do I add that state or do I just stick down this fine line of like, just have the user ID and the team ID and the access tokens in there and everything else, the users would have to use the uh, Slack API to go and fetch that stuff. Do you see <sighs> like, a, cause the other, the other route is to also make that configurable. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, also store, you know, the avatar and the, and the whatever's in there. Um, What's your initial reaction to that? So when you're saying store, are you saying storing it on an in-memory like gen server process or storing yep. it in the yep. database? Okay. Storing it in in-memory. Uh, and then it's up to the users, whatever they want to, like Juve is not going to have any database sort of backing thing. It's just going to be all in state. And it's going to be up to, to the users to put it in their own databases and stuff. Gotcha. Um, I would, yeah, I was going to say you could go down the configurable route. And make it like an extra parameters kind of setting. Mm-hmm. And then you could just pop that off and put it in like a, a key that's on your bot, right? So you'd have like the, the key mark stuff that's important. It's always going to be there in your bot state. And then you could have like an an extra attributes key mm-hmm. on the struct that literally can just take a map of any shape. And 
you could have them configure it to be like, oh, I need this tree structure of keys or whatever. And then you could have your bot like pop those things off and just shove them into uh, into that extra art or attributes thing that that's like a flexible way to do it. But I don't know if it's good. Yeah, I'm um, OK, cool. I was just wondering what you thought about, like, do you think that would be an issue? Like if people had tens of thousands of teams and users, could uh, I don't I'm not familiar enough with what slacks like data structure looks like when it's coming back you know yeah let's just say each thing had 10 extra attributes on it that are all strings um, and you're gonna have yeah. ten thousand of those so or like you know my client has you know hundreds of thousands uh close to a million users so oh geez i always uh, kind of well, I mean, at that, I think you got a different problem at that point, right? Like that, then yeah. you just scale it up a little bit. You'll still be able to fit a lot of that into Elixir processes and not have a big deal. But then you'll be in this nice situation where you can just like expand your node pool for Elixir mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and go from yep. there. Yep. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I think I think my my approach is going to be just store the user the user ID and access tokens right now. Mm-hmm. And see kind of where that gets like if I'm in Juve and I'm like, oh shit, I really wish I had the user's name right here mm-hmm. uh, for some reason, then then that might be an issue. I feel like username would be one that would maybe be like useful. See, the the thing is on um well, at least in Slack, you hardly ever use like the user's name or the team name because Slack kind of does that for you. Oh, like you just you, use, you just reference the ID and then it like prints. Just out reference the ID. Form. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah. So my next two weeks are going to actually do the introduction of the bot. So uh, when somebody installs it for the first time, it's going to kind of, you know, go through the onboarding process. Oh, cool. Uh, I have a pretty cool idea around the onboarding process that I've never seen done in Slack with some like images. I'm going to try this thing where it's sending almost, it's going to continuously update an image. So it almost looks like it's um, a movie is playing a little bit. So it's just going to kind of keep keep uh, updating this image cell. I'm going to see how that that looks. But I have some ideas around that. Uh, I think that'll be pretty cool. Pretty cool little feature um, in the onboarding process. Nice. So, yeah, I'm going to try that. And uh, we'll see how the Juve library is, is holding up. Because the other thing I want to do is start, like, feeding data into this Juve library and seeing, like, where the processes fall down or if they fall down and, and kind of what what um, errors uh, it's hitting up against. So mm-hmm. that's, that's really my next two weeks, man. Nice. Just more development, continuing the development train. Choo-choo. So when you're saying feeding data, how are you going to get the data to feed that? I'm going to um, probably create some sort of um, internal API that that's able to just put it into the the bot state gotcha from some okay. other external process yeah okay yeah the other thing is my um my little uh app that i built to that uh, was using open ai stuff mm-hmm. um man sometimes like it does not return the right stuff like the other day well that's what AI i end up having right there <laughs> yeah exactly dude like i put in like all the tasks i did for that day and I have to kind of pre-feed it with this other stuff, which is kind of a pain. I'd like to fix that as well um, because it needs like more data 
um, than just like what you did for that day. It needs to kind of know what you're trying to do. So I actually copy and paste this whole stuff into this email before I actually like just give it my list of, of things to do. So mm-hmm. I want to move that into the actual process so I don't have to do that from my side. But the other thing is like sometimes like I put in all my things that I did today <laughs> and I got an email back from the system and it only said the word green. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it just gave me the word green. Hey, all think everything's looking good, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for it. Right. Sends you an emoji oh, of just like a red. thumbs up, like nice it job. Right, all the test pass. It just said green. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, that's fuck? funny, man. I'm like, yeah, I I don't even know. What did you say? Something was going to be like. Did you use the word green and what you said? No, no, and it, it capitalized it. It didn't say like. It just said green with a capital G. <laughs> that's amazing oh yeah well it's like oh every ai stuff drives me nuts so often just because you go oh this is cool like have you noticed that your phone will start or maybe it's just me i don't think i mistype things that often but since it like apple's Mm -hmm. autocomplete stuff is based off of like global data not Mm -hmm. your local data turns out people suck at spelling and so Mm -hmm. it will literally autocorrect my properly spelled words to be misspelled because they're so commonly misspelled. And <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like I never misspell that word. Yeah. There, yeah, I could tell I was talking I about, uh, I really want to buy a new CPU for my desktop. And so I typed in like AMD a lot of times, unfortunately mm-hmm. now it corrects and to capital a capital M capital D <laughs> a lot of times and I have to back it out and retype it. Oh, what a mess. Thank you, computer. You need like a, yeah, you need like a, like a, you know, reset this, give, give up on my. Yeah, dude, just system. like bomb out on the algorithm. Let's go back to like right. the, uh, what we were doing back when you were just like searching through the dictionary, you know, back in the day. I wish everything like would just use, two. I wish everything would just use Google's, um, spell check, like spell checking in like iOS and Mac OS sucks a lot of times it's like can't find words that i completely bomb and then uh-huh. i just copy that word into google paste it and they're like oh did you mean you know this and i'm like you yes. definitely why doesn't this. everything exactly just use it this because yeah. <laughs> it would cost money you'd have to be giving google the <laughs> money yeah, uh, but yeah that's that's rough but yeah good luck on that ai stuff i've considered <laughs> doing predictive algorithm stuff for like deck building and whatnot but i'm like no nah, it's gonna recommend the stupidest things by the end of the like, yeah yeah. That's why I'm like, oh, when I was like, man, I should release this by April. I'm like, there's no way this AI piece is going to be done. By <laughs> we're going to, we're going to hit feature parody. This AI stuff right. might, it's, it needs some more time to bake. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So cool, um, man. Well, um, we'll look forward to that video and, um, and, uh, happy birthday and, uh, thank you. Good luck thank on you. launching. You're really pressuring me on this video. It's going to be a video that's like, here, Jamie, and it's just me clicking really loud. Like, that'll be the whole thing. <laughs> that would be awesome. If you, like, <laughs> a lot of time on it. Just like type the word click everywhere. Uh-huh. Do a nice. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. Well, I will talk to you in two weeks. All right, man. Happy Peace. birthday. Bye.